My name is Josh Peck, host of Peck Report on Daily Renegade. I used to suffer with chronic pain from a degenerative bone disease. I was hopelessly addicted to opioids without any end in sight. But then I discovered Kratom and CBD. I am no longer on prescription drugs and I have more energy and pain relief than ever before. Kratom and CBD have given me my life back without draining my bank account. If you too would like some minor to major pain relief, Kratom and CBD might be for you. Either click on the links in the description below this video or go to dailyrenegade.com on the top left banner or right side ad and check out Tropic Health Kratom and CBD. Use promo code HEALTH20 for 20% off your order and get your life back today. Greetings, everyone. The Christian Marauder here. You know, Jesus warned that false Christ and ministers would arise in the latter days during a time when no one seems to care. The Bible warns of false apostles and prophets coming big time who are all about setting up their own kingdoms. Today, we're going to look at how all this came about, how to recognize it, and what we are to do about it on today's show. But before we begin, let me remind our YouTube viewers to become a member of the Daily Renegade today, where you can watch all the great shows on the Daily Renegade in their entirety without commercials or interruptions. How do you do that? Well, you just click on the link below. Now on with the show. Did you know that occultist Alice Bailey revealed a plan to move the entire world to embrace Luciferianism? According to Alice Bailey, this plan would be implemented by slowly inserting groups of high-order occultists whom she calls seed groups to influence culture to become Luciferian, as she points out in Discipleship in the New Age, Volume 1, and I quote, these groups have not been formed to train individuals. These have been formed, each of them, as seed groups for a definite and specific end. They are organized to provide channels in the world for the distribution of certain peculiar types of force which will work out into manifestations in specific ways. So let me break it down so you can understand what she means without quoting hundreds and hundreds of pages here. These occultic seed groups, and there are ten of them, are actually emplace themselves in areas that can influence entire populations through the educational system, through mass media, through entertainment industry, through government, business, commerce, finance, through restructuring the family and restructuring religious systems to accept a Luciferian world view. Last week we looked at how such seed groups infiltrate the Christian church to teach the church that it is okay to jump over the occultic candlestick so all religions can become one and in unity with the other cultural influence makers to carry out the Luciferian plan. So what is the plan? The plan in 
more expanded terms means this, to create seed groups to infiltrate and completely dominate all areas of a culture such as business, science, education, family and human relationships, governments, radio, TV, movies, mass media, religion, philosophy, all to conspire in unity with one another to help set up a one world new order so the cult messiah can rule all with them helping out. In fact, this next quote from the Lucius Trust website expresses how to sell the plan. The working out of the universal ideas of the plan takes place as humanity responds to a higher impressions of the wholeness and sacredness of life and strives to intelligently embody these insights in all areas of thought, activity, and relationships, economic, political, education, legal, psychological, and religious, and so on, and etc. Isn't that amazing? That in this one little quip, uh, Lucius Trust sums up the whole sum of 24 volumes of Alice Bailey's works as basically taking over the economic, political, educational, legal, psychological, religious, so forth, so forth, etc., etc., of society and flipping it into the Luciferian plan. Well, these terms sound great, but their real definitions are far more sinister. For example, their higher impressions for wholeness and sacredness of life do not mean what these things sound like. Instead, the terms wholeness and sacredness of life means that good is to be viewed as the greatest oppressive evil known to humanity. So it must be destroyed because evil moral depravity is now flipped to mean that it's the truest form of good. I think the Bible talks about that, right? Well, Bailey her work set forth the steps that are needed to remove the following things to create Luciferian world order of do as thou will. Well, let's look at these folks for a second. Let me pull these up online here. To reshape the educational system. Remove God and the Bible out of all societies on earth. Teach new moral values and destroy the old. Reduce parental authority over children to the state. It takes a village to raise a child. Destroy the Judaic Christian family structure and restructure it into anything goes model. Promote free sex and make abortion legal and easy. Free people from the concept of what marriage is. Make alternative lifestyles a right to be used as a bludgeoned change agent. Debase art, media, and language. Use media to promote agendas to change the hearts and minds toward Luciferianism with signs and symbols. To create an interfaith one world religion. Get governments to make laws so laws can be used against those that oppose. And lastly, get the church to endorse these changes by helping the government modify behavior. To complete the task, they need to flip the enemy identified as Judaic traditions and Christianity to unify with their Luciferian goals without the people really knowing it. Well, can that really happen? Let's see. Suddenly, in a flash, Jumping Jack and his Fab Five all had the same revelation. Let's spread candle jumping far and wide to influence all segments of society so education, government, media, business, family, and all human relations are so we in the church can influence our culture so that the Messiah can return and reward us so handsomely for setting everything in order before he comes. So Pastor Candela Maker said, I suggest we elect old King Cole to be in charge of this quest. 
With that they all agreed. Then they all gathered around old King Cole and prophesied from an old nursery rhyme how this would be done. Old King Cole was a merry old soul, and a merry old soul was he. He called for his pipe, and he called for his bowl, and he called for his fiddlers three. This is from the Oxford Dictionary of Nursery Rhymes, page 156 and 158, where it gives you a history of this thing. Well, he called for his pipe, he called for his bowl. What does this mean, if anything? The history of this old nursery rhyme speaks of Old King Cole's pipe originally as a flute. It's called the pan pipes, or the pan flute. Why? Because tobacco was not even around when this nursery rhyme was written. The god Pan made his flute famous by hypnotizing people with its fantastic melodies that lured people off the straight and narrow path and caused them to stray into a maze of a midsummer night's pipe dreams and of arguments and every high thing that exalts its candlelight above the knowledge of God. Old King Cole looked round and said to the rest, Yes, we can do all this by talking all about unity and love and the church, and to unite culture into the church so as not to offend anybody. And guess what? Easy Baker chimed up and readily agreed and said, With this we can all gel as one, selling unity and love. He was a master at planting this kind of seed. We, so we see a rise in Chrislam and Hindu practices inside the church that makes a Kandalini spirit feel right at home. Then Jack looked at old King Cole and said, how can we do that? Then old King Cole said, bring me my bowl. Well, according to the history of this nursery rhyme, old King Cole's bowl referred to a drinking bug that held intoxicating liquors or beer. Yes, old King Cole was a merry old soul who drew people off the straight and narrow, right off the map, to indulge in spiritual intoxication of newer, deeper light, to get them drunk with power, seeking endless spiritual highs of being the best and the brightest, the new super-Christian elite destined to rule the world. To convince all that they need to drink from his bowl, old King Cole hired the famous trio of preachers known as the Fiddler's Three. I bet you didn't know that just as the old nursery rhyme chimes. Every fiddler had a fiddle, and a very fine fiddle had he. Well, let me tell you about these. There was Preacher Festus Diddle Fiddle, with his brother Preacher Matt Diddle Fiddle, along with his lovely wife, I'm a Tabby, affectionately known to all simply as Miss Kitty, who made the famous preaching trio into the Fiddler's Three. Well, Miss Kitty taught far and wide that it's okay to jump over the moon to attain secret revelations from the dead who are above and below. She had a hit tune called Within and Without, whose lyrics involve the occult version of the holy purification that's needed to, in order to usher in the Luciferian plan. She was quite the showman, too, adorning her stage with peacock feathers while wearing Masonic blues and blacks laced with silver and gold. Whoa. And you know what, folks? I just simply almost slipped my mind. I just, um, what? I forgot to tell you that in the occult world, peacock feathers represent several things. And it's very important to look at symbols because it's through symbols and signs that something is being transmuted and translated into the church. And people don't even know it. Well, let's look at what these peacock feathers represent. They represent several things in the occult world. If you see one peacock feather with its eye, it represents Saturn's eye in order that one is in league with it. Multiple peacock feathers meant one is associated with the goddess Harris, 
who is the revealer of the vault of heaven and the revealer of the eyes of the stars. It, it represents one who is highly esteemed and ordained to be a special revealer of all seeing knowledge from the stars of heaven above that's translated and transmuted to below. Now in Hinduism, feathers are associated with the goddess Lakshmi, who is in charge of fortune, protection, and also with Krishna, whose headdress and flute was adorned with peacock feathers. In Asian spirituality, the peacock feathers associated with Kuan Yin's charming compassion, watchful love, and goodwill armed to aid humanity in their spiritual growth to gel with the universal mind by transmitting secret knowledge. I bet you didn't know that was that. Now these poor peacocks got the wrong end of the deal. It's just a, just a bird with feathers. But the cult world will take what's there and try to make something out of it. And if you see these symbols, take note. Take note. Something is going on here. Now old King Cole was on stage at the Three Tub Fellowship in Rub-A-Dub in New York and introducing Miss Kitty. She sure looked grand wearing her customary Masonic blue and black garb all backdropped with her customary peacock feathers and gold crowns. I, again, I bet you didn't know that both Alice and Foster Bailey in their writings expounded on the importance of the Blue Lodge to go forth to change the vibrations worldwide in order to bring about the Luciferian plan. Okay? I bet you didn't know that. Wikipedia, in fact, I'm going to paraphrase Wikipedia here. In fact, Wikipedia tells how the Blue Lodge got its name because of the traditional colors of the regalia used in Masonic lodges. In fact, the Blue Lodge was also known as the Craft Lodges, or the ancient craft Masonic lodges that are found in every city and town that you see. Well, the Blue Lodge has an important function to help folks attain their first three Masonic degrees. I'm going to bring this up on here. Alice Bailey stated, There is no question, therefore, that the work to be done in familiarizing the general public with the nature of the mysteries is of paramount importance at this time. These mysteries will be restored to the outer expression through the medium of the church and the Masonic fraternity. This is from a quote from Alice Bailey, az.com. Alice Bailey. Thus, for the Baileys, the Blue Lodge would covertly, on a worldwide scale, initiate the masses without the masses of people even know they are being initiated into the plan. How? Through the educational system, the media, entertainment, science, radio, TV, psychology, government, re religion, and business finance, and also restructuring the family. Talk about giving one the third degree, you think, you know? That's what these people are about. Well, Alice Bailey writes on this how this will come about in the final volume a treatise of the seven rays and she writes and i quote in due time our educational centers practically those concerned with adult education will take into calculation normally and customarily the fact of future initiation where their students are concerned and will study their graduates from this angle in order to give advice or recommendation in these institutions the elements of true historicism will be taught though they will not be regarded as esorteic. Did you get it? This simply is pointing out that through the education system, they're going to teach historicism, Luciferianism, without the masses knowing it. Why? To initiate them. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that wild? If we only would churches would preach this kind of stuff and, and, and expose the wickedness in the world that it's called to do, well, you know what? 
I gotta tell you, well, Miss Kitty Fiddle always wore her Masonic dark and light blue outfits with a hint of black. Well, before Ima Tabby played her fiddle, she would wave her personal fiddle wand to stir the air before she struck up a humdinger of a fiddle tune that's used to stupefy the clouds with songs about the latest tall tales. In the background was Festus Diddle Fiddle playing his biggest hit called BAM! Making all so joyfully merry, barking like dogs and cackling like chickens. Others laughed wildly while watching such a sport. Then suddenly strange white feathers appeared out of nowhere, appeared out of nowhere, falling to the ground. Folks, did you ever take time to look into Whitkin feather magic online, for example, where white frilly feathers represents the idea of occult purification, deep spirituality, of hope, protection, calm, that is all brought forth by a dead relative or by an angel sent to bless with a blessing from the moon goddess? I bet you didn't know that. I would suggest you do your own Google search on Whitkin Feather Magic and have your eyes open, would you please? Well, hey, diddle diddle, along with Miss Kitty, played their fiddles far and wide, while Hawthor the cow jumped over the moon, and my, how the feathers flew far and wide. However, no one could top preacher Matt Diddle Fiddle, who astounded all by his unmatched salad preaching skills. Matt Diddle was able to use millions of words on how and why the dish ran away from the spoon because God wants to spoon feed new light revelations into people to chase away the soundness of a firmly set dish on the table of sound biblical faith in God. So according to a fresh word that Matt Diddle received, God is sending a silver spoon to feed the masses on how to become super saints, gods of leech, to usher in a brand new age with them ruling at the top. Why? Because, as he said, that outdated dish is out of style. It's not hip. It's not quick. And it won't jump over the candlestick. Therefore, the spoon must chase away that dusty, muddy old dish of the Bible and those that carry it far, far away. With this, folks, did you know that around 1995, a new word from the Lord came telling that there needs to be a civil war in the church? I bet you didn't know that. You still hear it today. So basically, I'm going to sort through all the gobbledygook and combine all these prophecies that all these various peoples gave about this civil war coming to the church. And I'm going to sum it up as this. They, they say that, that God needs to set the faithful in Christ Jesus free from their faithfulness to God so they can come to into unity with the new elite leaders arising in the church to come under their care, under their teachings, under their words as proof that they are actually faithful to God. If they reject them, then these new spiritual Abraham Lincolns, that's what they call themselves, or the super apostles, will make you toast. Therefore, a civil war in the church is needed to get rid of you and your dusty old Bible that's set firmly on the ground. Well, Anybody think of the Knights of Malta might be on the march to bring all into the unity of occult version of love. What they mean by unity is unite all to be under their covering, their teachings that run actually contrary to the Bible. Teachings like it's okay to bring the New Age course on miracles into the church because it was stolen from the church. How do they know? Well, an angel who dropped some feathers told them so. So they bring the occult practices like time travel, contacting your angel's guy, free trips to here and there on a dime. That it's okay to use occult miracle signs and healings and wonders in the church despite the Bible's warnings that you, this cannot be. 
This is to come about by enticing people with pans of luring flute and the intoxicating bowl of old King Cole. That all believers must become the manifested people of God, walking in an age of miracles that is devoid of actual true biblical knowledge and the actual power of God. I suggest you research this on your own and see if there are such people who teach these sorts of things or not and compare it with the Bible and I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, rip the veils off these people so they can see. We well, yes, Matt Diddle Fiddle spoke with a passion from the message Bible, but only what the crowds were well groomed to hear. Yep, old King Cole was a merry old soul along with his fiddlers three. Together they planted many seed groups to train many in, the, in all quarters of society, in education, in the church, in government, in business, media, science, arts, entertainment, all to usher in the plan, as the old nursery rhyme says. Oh, there's none so rare as can compare with old King Cole and his fiddlers three. And this comes about just as Alice Bailey says in her channel book, The Seven Rays of Light, Rule 3. Men of goodwill are under the guidance of a new group of world servers, will organize themselves into battalions of life, and their first major task must be the development of right human relationships through the education of the masses. This means paralleling, listen to this, this means the paralleling development of an enlightened public opinion. Did you hear that? which is speaking esoterically, right response to the sound which conveys the will of God to the ears of the attentive, then humanity will indeed move outward from the desert and leave the seas behind and know that God is fire. Wow, did you hear that, folks? God is fire. Well, folks, well, there was Jack Nimble on the stage with King Cole and the Fiddler's Three Trio. The candle was all trimmed and all aflame while the crowd shouted, Fire! We need more fire! We need more power! We need more fire! The crowds rushed forward to jump over the candlestick in mass. They were well trained. In Alice Bailey's Discipleship in the New Age, Volume 1, pages 35 through 40, she mentions that at least ten seed groups are needed to unite all people into Luciferianism illumination. How? By uniting the educational, religious, business, financial, news, arts, radio, TV, entertainment, media, and the governmental systems to work as one in order to bring about the Luciferian plan. And this Luciferianism is touted as the greatest, kindest, noble, most loving, tolerant good ever known to grace humanity and lead everybody to a new idea of love and compassion. And if you do not agree with this liberation into do as thou will is okay, they will ridicule you, mock you, character assassinate you, murder your hopes and dreams because you won't glory in such devil's pride. They, you will not be able to buy or sell. You will not be able to hold a business. They will treat you mean. They will destroy your faith and rob you of your dreams. Where babies are murdered without remorse or pity, because such is the new and greatest good to reduce the world's population. Well, who cares if it's you? The devil wants to rule all humanity to their doom. All dumbed down and made too stupid to notice, they have been hoodwinked by the third initiated degree. So much of the love and tolerance they teach, instead, it's a knife held to your throat. In fact, Alice Bailey describes how all this comes about by seed groups. 
as, and I quote from the Treaties on White Magic, and I quote, We have the utilization of public platform to reach the public ear and, and of the radio to reach all classes and races of humanity in an effort to mold public opinion and bring certain ideas and concepts into the public consciousness. They are equipped to organize slowly and steadily that public opinion which, is a, which will eventually divorce man from religious sectarianism, national exclusiveness, and racial biases. Hmm, that sounds like communism. Anyway, while it is, what can I say? It's, it's central planning. Well, let me get back to the quote, and I quote, The training of public opinion, the utilization of catchwords and slogans, the tendency to embody the concepts of campaigners in trite and opposite phrases are part of the growing realization as to the magical work. Man, this is, this is she's talking about uh, politically correct speech being used, throwing terms at you like you're a bigot, you're you're biased, you're a racist, you don't love, you know, you gotta love with pride. If you love pride and, and carry that pride flag, then we can accept you. You're not loving and kind if you if you disagree with us. So we gotta destroy your business because we're more loving than you. We gotta kill you. We gotta stifle you. We can't let you have free speech at all because if you disagree with me, because we love you so much if you don't promote the advariant lifestyles that are designed to kill you and keep people trapped and enslaved man they will do you great harm and use words and phrases to do that in, into politically correct terms alice bailey labels these c groups with names and defines their task which then can be further explained in her other works let me give you simple synopsis of Bailey's names for the 10 seed groups and then correlate these to what they do and help you identify what areas of cultural influence they are assigned to flip and change. In other words, give them the third degree. These are found in Alice Bailey's Discipleship of the New Age, Volume 1, pages 35 and 40. The first seed group is defined or called as telepathic communicators who influence how the news, arts, entertainment, media, and education. Why? To initiate entire populations to go through the Blue Lodge degrees through the science of impressions, symbols, and, and verbal hyperbole to flip wrong into right and right into wrong without people even, even knowing it. Well, the next seed group is called, let me bring this up, trained observers who influence through arts, entertainment, business by means of redefining of glamour and through illusion by what Alice Bailey called the Maya concept. It's defined as power that makes a thing appear as what it is not then approved to go further after passing a test of initiation. Another way to easily define the Maya concept is simply gaslighting in order to bring new illumination that flips family and moral values into what is befitting and more friendly and conducive to Luciferianism. Next comes magnetic healers, who influence by magnetic living, attractions to the laws of life, laws of what is healthy that redefine right human relationships through unity with human consciousness. That means the crowd, the culture, and the masses will help you define what is healthy in human relationships i.e. the idea is to change the idea of family governed by the whims of the crowd. This group is used to redefine human relationships. For example, let me bring this up. Alice Bailey wrote in The Education of the New Age, near the end of the book, the necessity, and I quote, and the necessity of the times will eventually produce radical changes in the approach to family life, parenthood, and the training of children. For this, a nucleus 
is preparing the way or can do so if faithful, attentive, and intelligent work is done. Summing up what this radical change is all about is turning children into global citizens. In other words, it's old Hillary Clinton in the flesh saying it takes a village to raise a child, all well-groomed for the new world order. That's what it's about. Well, folks, the next seed groups are called educators, who influence through the educational system and through businesses and through government training programs and religious institutions into Luciferian thought first and actions later. In the final volume of Treaties on the Seven Rays, she writes, In due time are educational centers, practically those concerned with adult education, in these institutions the elements of true estorteicism will be taught, though they will not be regarded as esorteic. So let me roll this on up here, scroll this on up here. The fifth uh, seed group is called political organizers that influence all governments into a one-world mindset through international understanding by communicating of the divine political will into all races and nations. In other words, let me try to explain and break this down. In the occult world, all current governments are identified as the problem. So the goal is to reshape these to accept the new world order one way or another by any means necessary for the devil's greater good of tricking people to think it's for their greater good. Just give you a synopsis as simply as I can of what they mean. So let me scroll up here to the next. The next group is in the field of religion who move to unite all religions into a one world religion by means of transcendental mysticism and transcendental occultism. What does that mean? It means this, to bring all religions into a unity of occult ideas and aspirations and rituals proven by signs and wonders, just as Bailey points out in A Treaty in White Magic. On page 152, and I quote, Theologies will disappear into the knowledge of God. Doctrines and dogmas will no longer be regarded as necessary, for faith will be based on experience. And the and authority will give place to personal experience of reality. The power of the church will be supplanted by the power of the awakened soul. Wow. In men, the, in the, the age of miracles and disputations will give way to the understanding of the laws of nature which control the superhuman realm and the supernatural stages of the evolutionary process. The next seed groups are named as scientific servers, folks who influence through all fields of science by the development of new hypotheses to validate taking great leaps that hasten the divine plan of Luciferianism, that are used to influence all branches of science, technology, and philosophy. For example, you have CRISPR-DNA, you have CERN, you have global warming, save the planet idea, you have a rise in technology, the rise of the AI, you have all this stuff coming in place to focus on a new world order and making superhuman beings as well too through some of these sciences next comes the psychologists these psychologists are not what we think of psychologists they're defined by bailey as change agents used to influence through relationships of the human kingdom to the subhuman and the superhuman kingdom to transfer everybody into the superhuman kingdom. What is meant here is to change the original design and order of the family, morality, by changing humanity into divine beings, to be their own gods who govern their own worlds and ways by their own morals, all in alignment with the plan. The plan is the complete domination and preparation and after the appearance of the Antichrist by means of behavior modification techniques of transmutation in many ways and means by TVs, movies, media, news, advertisement, and so forth, etc. 
I wonder if we're seeing that in the world today, do you think? So let me scroll up to the next one. The next C group are called financiers and economists. These C groups are those that influence the business and financial world to fund and promote the plan in various ways. And lastly, there are the creative workers seed groups. These are those who are high-order occultists who keep the others in line to bring about the plan. Well, Old King Cole with his pipe and bowl and Fiddler's Three, by these Old King Cole taught and convinced many without any protest that the church must bring forth the manifest sons of God on earth to be aligned with the plan, to be kingdom shakers who are the super elite destined to set up the final kingdom, so Jesus can return with them helping him steer at the helm in the end. If you go through a PDF versions of Bailey's books, and if you do, I ask you to pray about it, plead the blood over you before you do, I suggest you, you bring up those PDFs, type in a keyword search on these words, such as education, religion, business, finance, radio, TV, family, science, government, and search the word for activation, destiny, manifestation, and you might be amazed who's who in the church has got the crowds ready to jump over the candlestick. Yes, folks, this is to be brought forth by the turn of the century, which has now passed. Has it? Have we seen a rise in this type of thing? Well, let me read this to you. Treatise on the Cosmic Fire, page 757 and 58. The great Lord and Masters at the end of the century are sending into incarnation in every country disciples who have the opportunity offered them to respond to the need of training men and women to recognize the higher psychism to the true inspiration of mediumship than to do this scientifically. In 50 years' time, the need for true psychics and conscious mediums such as Helen Bolvasky will be very great if the master plans are to be carried through to fruition, and the movement must be set on foot in preparation for the coming of him who all nations wait. And I want to tell you, Bailey wrote that in 1925. Fifty years later, on August 1975, a new version and greater era of dominionism was birthed and confirmed by many in the church in different locations worldwide concerning the need for the church to infiltrate seven secular cultural fears of influence so Jesus can return. I wonder if you all actually knew that. So I'm going to bring this up here, and I want you to read it on screen here. I'm going to bring this up from the internet. Bailey wrote that stuff in 1925, and she said 50 years later something would happen. So let's look at what happened 50 years later. This is from the Generals International. It says the Seven Mountains of societal influence. In 1975, 50 years later, okay, Bill Bright, founder of Campus Crusade, and Lauren Cunningham, founder of Youth with a Mission, YWAM, developed a God-given, world-changing strategy. Their mandate, bring godly change to a nation by reaching its seven spheres or mountains of societal influence. They concluded that in order to truly transform any nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ, these seven facets of society must be uh, reached. They must change religion, family, education, government, media, arts, and entertainment and business. The Reformation Prayer Network's primary goal is to be a catalyst through prayer and righteous activism, which will bring change in these areas of societal influence. That sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Well, if you don't believe me, here is the um, transcript of the interview of Loring Cunningham on the original Seven Mountain Visions. It says it was August 1975 in a little cabin in 
Colorado where this came about. And this article goes on and how other people in the world got the same vision all of a sudden in 1975, 50 years later, folks. 50 years after Bailey said what she said about this very same thing. Do you think that's a little coincidental or something? Do you really? That was 1975, right on the mark, the 50-year mark, marking when this idea began to go viral worldwide, this idea of taking over seven cultural mountains of influence to govern and control the world so Jesus can return, with them helping him rule at the top of the heap. Well, actually, this entire line of thought began in Genesis chapter 6 and popped up now and then by individuals, but never on a worldwide move. It was always there. All from Genesis chapter 6, it's been there. In the 1940s, it came through William Branham, who I talked about already, brought it forth. And after he died, it was carried by a man by the name Sam Fife, who carried it onward. And by 1975, 50 years later, it went viral. Now, folks, hardly anybody knows of Sam Fife anymore. But, however, some people have seen his abusive uh, deliverance videos on YouTube that make your heart cringe. Folks, and I want to bring this uh, document up here for you all to look at. Because this is a very rare document I'm bringing up. And not many people even know this even still exists. It's called Evaluating the Prophets, William Branham, Sam Fife. The Manifest of Sun's Basic Theology and Its Influence on the Kingdom Teaching. Reconstructionist and Dominion Movements by Pauling and Gerario McPherson. It was written in the Winter Edition 1986 by Bob and Pauling McPherson, Bold Truth Press, P.O. Box 19208, Denver, Colorado, 802219. I got this for a reason because this Sam Fife stuff was big in Colorado in the 1980s. Okay? It was big. Shepherding discipleship was big, and so uh, I'm going to go ahead and and scroll. I'm, I'm going to take some time, folks. I'm going to scroll this to come to page four. So the authors describe how people get sucked into cults, and then they describe this about William Branham, and and, and I quote on page four of this article in the book Footprints on the Sand of Time. Pages 627, 648. Branham told Christians to flee all churches. He claimed true Christianity was lost in old de denominations. They, told, they were told that the churches were the mark of the beast. William Branham became one of the key leaders in the Manifest of Sons doctrines in the 50s and early 60s. He believed that the true seed would deliver the world and would be a specially called out group of Christians called the Sons. He was able to bring this doctrine into the church through the healing manifestations of his ministry. Many of the churches opened their pulpits to him because of this and welcomed him without questioning his doctrine. He confused many in the church. Kurt Koch, in his book Occult Bondage and Deliverance, wrote that during the healing services, Branham would fall into a trance, and his angel would do the healing work, telling him to lay hands on whom and send, who to send away. Branham was merely a slave to his angel. Later in his ministry, the angel had so much control over Branham that he would not go anywhere without his angel giving him permission. When Branham was questioned if he, the supernatural healings were done by the Holy Spirit, he replied, No, my angel does it. In the early and mid-50s, the Assemblies of God's churches denounced much of the latter rain teaching as errors and took a stand against it and kicked out many of these teachers. But it went underground, only to reappear again in the late 60s under the name the Man-Child Company. The leadership was now under a man by the name of San Fife. 
He started the Home Circuit Churches here in Colorado, the part of the group that the McPhersons were involved with. In the early 1960s, Sam, a Baptist minister, left his church after he received revelations of deeper truth. It's always about that deeper truth, isn't it? And he began what? And he began a small study group which grew into thousands over years. The, uh, I'm going to stop here. The groups that he started were, they were called uh, The Move. They met in houses. Okay, and these house groups were like a training centers where you move in the gifts of the spirit. Okay, and they were training center, and it was really lively and all this stuff. And then, if you wanted, you would move to what was called farms, mostly in Oklahoma and California, Oregon and Alaska, I think, or some of the places. So, from the beginning, and I quote, there has been a mixture of some truth with much error in his teaching, and that is why it's so hard to detect. Ten percent truth is ninety percent error. Sam added a vision of the man and the maid to his end times revelation. He claimed God was still bringing forth a man-child of revelation. It was to be a spiritual man-child, a group of overcomers, or a corporate Christ. It was to be the bride congregation and a husband-bridegroom ministry. From people who I know who were involved in this cult, folks, um, they talk about his teachings involved these things. I'm going to tell you what they involved. They involved um, the tabernacle and the building of the tabernacle. Sam Fife used numerology, the Chaldean version of numerology. He was big on numbers. He always talked about knowledge, uh, all, all that stuff. When the congregation submitted to God's delegated authority under Sam Fife, then God would overthrow the governments of this world, redeem creation, and bring the millennial reign of Christ through the bride and her man-child, having been perfected by the husband-bridegroom ministry. Sam Fife was so obsessed with bringing forth this man-child, he decided to help God out. He obtained his wife's permission to enter into an adulterous relationship with another woman. He believed that this would produce a man-child and set creation free. Nothing happened out of the union, except it destroyed a lot of Christians' faith who to this day will have nothing to do with God. That is why I've written my book, To Reach Those Who Are Wounded by This Heresy. Many people have forgotten this, but here it is, manifesting again. The reason I bring this up, I'm going to scroll this up here. Just hold on, pause, I'm pausing this right now. The man-child doctrine believes Christ will come in saints. They are not speaking of the coming of Christ visibly, but of the invisible coming of, in Christians. They have removed the rapture and Christ's physical return off the face of Bible doctrine. And the church actually becomes the Christ. That's what they teach. Later in Sam's Fife's ministry, he had a revelation that the man-child, the elect Christians, the sons that were under his leadership. Based on his teaching, Sam led hundreds to move to farms in both Canada and South America. That's interesting. South America. Keep that in mind. People left everything, jobs, family, homes, and church to heed the call of their leader. The purpose of those farms was to be in a place where you could be perfected while the world out there continued to cave in. So that when it was finally collapsed, this man-child will come out of the wilderness to redeem creations and rule all, create all nations. It was here that the farms, that the practical outworking of the man and the maid were to take place. Here everyone turned their headship over to the local ministry as their husband. It was here the people were encouraged to be free to hear from the Spirit. Many became too free, and the leaders had to set laws to control the sheep. Out of this movement is where much of the shepherding discipleship submission movement came. The main emphasis of the shepherding movement is believers find themselves a shepherd, and they must submit to him in order to be right related to Christ and properly covered. The phrases you'll hear in these groups are, you're not in submission, you're not under a covering, you'll miss God if you're not, became common vocabulary of many sincere Christians. The term cover is misleading. 
The Bible used covered in the sense of the blood atonement to cover sin. What, Je that, what Jesus did once and all for all through his death and is available to us today only through him are we covered. It has nothing to do with submitting to a shepherd. Well, Sam Fife died in a plane crash in 1979 at the prime of his ministry. I wonder why. Well, anyway. And his boldness was powerfully seducing and drew many to follow him. This is my point. I want you to look at this here. He would make statements as, I'm going to redeem creation. I'm the light of the world. I'm God. And I'm not going to die. And his, and his famous statement, heaven is, heaven is for failures. I heard ministers talk about heaven is for failure. I think Kenneth Copeland or somebody or Charles Capps said that. Much of the information I have on Sam Five came to me by Johnny and Jack Inlow, who were in the movement for 20 years and lived on these farms. Johnny and Jack Inlow came from South America. Just, just, just saying. I strongly believe and firmly convinced that Sam Fife was used by the devil for this purpose and that Sam was used to further deception behind this movement that began in 1948 in North Battlefield and is in full bloom today. This is, this is written 1980. This is in the early 1980s. This is mid-1980s when this came out. This was big stuff in Colorado back then. And listen to what this. No one connected with this movement will omit any error in the teachings of Sam or any of their leaders. Let me emphasize this again. Let me highlight it. Let me, let, me, let me go ahead and read this again. No one connected with this movement will omit any error in the teachings of Sam or any of their leaders. A few manifested sons will omit that Sam's life fell into error and spirit of lust. However, the revelation given to him still stands true. Okay? Go back. Look up here. Much of the information I have on Sam Fife came to me by Johnny and Jack Inlow, who were in the movement for 20 years. These folks will admit that Sam Fife was in error. They wrote a book that actually helped people come out of the cult. And for, for this, uh, Johnny Enlow should be commended. But as it says here, I want you to look at this. I want you to focus on this right now. It says, no one connected with this movement will omit any error in the teachings of Sam or any of their leaders. They will admit that Sam Fife fell into error in a spirit of lust, but they will not give up the teaching on the manifested sons of God. Johnny Enlow came from South America. I can't find any definitions or any concrete evidence, but you can put the enough pieces together and f from the uh, Elijah list, for example, how Johnny Enlow writes on it, folks. Do you want to know what he uses? He uses Sam Fife stuff. He uses Chaldean numerology. It's all about numbers. And he's all about the seven mountain mandate and bringing this the manifested sons of God back in order for the church to rule with Christ in the millennial reign. In other words, Jesus can't come back until come back until the church takes over the world. I bet you did not know that is the history of the seven mountain mandate that was told by Alice Bailey would manifest itself and bring itself through a lot of disciples 50 years later and that 50 years later from 1925 was 1975 when this actually happened and you have Sam Fife spreading it out wow you think something might be going on and you have men who are influenced by this movement teaching the seven mountain mandate who will not give up the false doctrine that this is this occultic doctrine that grooms people to initiate them by blue lodge giving them the third degree so to speak in order for them to spread what uh, a christianized luciferianism there's no other nice way to put it